because someone has to say it. It's time for Inez Says. I welcome you to this edition of the Inez Says pod here in the WDBO app. Appreciate you being here today. Never a dull moment in the American news cycle, huh? Um, Unreal. Uh, We learned as of this morning that President Trump and First Lady Melania had tested positive for COVID-19 again this morning being Friday as of taping this Friday morning. The news coming hours after Hope Hicks, the White House aide whom the president had recently traveled with, also had tested positive. The president tweeted just before 1 a.m. on Friday Tonight at FLOTUS and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. Now, the Trumps are going to quarantine at home within the White House during the convalescence. And from what I understand, the president uh, has mild symptoms at this point. He was scheduled to be here in Central Florida tonight uh, up there in Sanford. Obviously, that will not occur. First, let me say this. My thoughts and prayers are with the first family, obviously. I pray for their full recovery. Secondly, made a big, big mistake on Friday morning. I went on Twitter. That's always a big mistake, but especially after an event like this. But I I wanted to see the reaction of the news world immediately. And I got to tell you, I was embarrassed. I was sickened by some of the stuff that I saw. It's amazing. It, it really is amazing. The left's hatred for this man, even when he gets COVID, it, it's astounding to me the hatred that just seeps out of their pores. And yeah, I got the usual told you so types of, of tweets, but some of the vile and disgusting things being said about the president and the first lady. Look, I get it. Like progressives, you've got a corner on the hate market. You hate this man, right? There's plenty to go around, but you hate this man. But here's the thing. The level of pure hatred for this president to me says a lot more about those who are hating than it does about President Trump. And I'll explain coming up. You know, when when President Obama graced us with his presidency for eight years, We on the right, we kind of bit our tongues. And frankly, there were a lot of us, including me, rooting for President Obama. Many of us were proud to see our first black president. Many of us had high hopes for the man. But those hopes were totally dashed during his presidency. When he went around the world apologizing for America, he totally ignored the middle class. The man could have done so much in terms of race relations. Instead, he was asleep at the wheel, asleep at the wheel. He did nothing to improve race relations and just allowed the nation to kind of fester to the point where more than half the nation got so frustrated that we voted for a disruptor, a president who who was proud of America, a president who would lead this nation back to prominence, a president who wasn't going to apologize for America. That's exactly what happened. And I've said this before on the podcast, Obama created Trump. You progressives who constantly hate on Donald Trump, blame your guy, blame President Obama for that. But if there's one thing that has has shocked me, I guess, and I guess nothing shocks me today, but if there's one thing that's really shocked me, it, it is the ultra hate of Donald Trump. And again, I think it says more about the left than it does Donald Trump. Now, this president, as we all know, can be very controversial. Okay, He can be a son of a gun. There's no question about that. 
but he has confounded the left in so many ways that it just baits them time after time and they fall into the trap time after time to where they're lashing out at anything and everything that he does and everything that he says and everything that he tweets. Again, not a big fan of of most of the tweets from our president. Look, to a certain extent, yes, he brings some of that criticism on himself. And, and this is something that the left has not figured out. Don't take this guy literally. <laughs> okay, he's a salesman. That's what he does for a living. You cannot take this guy literally often. He embellishes. He speaks like a a, a, a real estate mogul, a salesperson. You know, this is the greatest thing ever. Everything is platitudes. It's huge. It's the greatest thing. Yes, no question. He's full of bluster and can be as diplomatic as my great uncle Bob, who has totally lost his filter. But the vile, the the pure, unadulterated hatred toward this man says more about the people doing the hating than the man himself. Let me read you some of the tweets that I saw on Friday morning. Quote, karma's a bitch. It's RBG doing her thing up in heaven. Another tweet reads, Someone tell him not to inject disinfectant into his body. Uh, Quote, maybe he should have condemned racism, which is absurd. Quote, extraordinary that a virus would want to use another virus as a host. And here's another one. Dear Lord, don't let Trump expire before we're able to put him on trial for his many crimes. (laughs) Look, I could... I could go on and on and on. And again, it's my fault for falling into that Twitter rabbit hole. I rarely do it. I fell into it this morning and really couldn't get out of it. My fault. My fault. Because I try not to get down in my life. And it's very difficult to do in media. But I try in my life not to get bogged down with negativity. Lord knows there's enough of it out there. But Twitter back in the day, and I'm talking back in the day, maybe five, ten years ago. Twitter was fun, man. Twitter was fun, but today it's just like a, a slimy, oozing cesspool of negativity that needs to go by the way of the dinosaur. I mean, Twitter actually proves my point that I've made a number of times on the air. Everyone has a voice, but not everyone deserves a voice. But it does illustrate how the left in this country is totally off the rails. Look, we have become a nation of extremes. And I think social media has much to do with this. Back to Twitter. On one side, you have the extreme right. An extreme right that believes that coronavirus is a, is a hoax and that all people wearing masks, that's all about the wussification of America. And then you have the extreme left, an extreme left that believes that we just need to shut this thing down. And if you have to go outside, like to the grocery store, if, if you have to have a life, then you have to wrap yourself in bubble wrap. Again, squeaky wheels get the grease in our society today. So it's about the loudest, most obnoxious voices. Sad, sad, but... That's the way it is. It's true. Here's the way that I've tried to live my life during the pandemic. I've tried to make life as normal as possible. I come to work every day. And quite frankly, I've been one of the lucky ones who have been able to come to work every day in an environment that has been immaculate from the get-go, thanks to Cox Media Group. They've done a great job in keeping everybody safe and healthy by thoroughly cleaning this place each and every day. So I've been one of the lucky ones because I've gotten to to come to work and keep a relatively normal schedule. And in doing that, I do have friends and I do have relatives who have not been able to keep up their schedules, whether that's working from home or being forced out of their jobs or the elderly basically shuttering themselves in their homes. Folks, I can tell you from firsthand experience, that ain't good. That ain't good. 
Matter of fact, the way that I have seen it, it's been debilitating for a lot of people. The shutdown culture has had a profound negative impact on people's emotional and psychological states. It's incredibly unhealthy, and I've seen it. People just, they turn into different people. They become more paranoid. They shut themselves out from everybody. They're not the same people today they were six months ago. It is sad. To me, you cannot live your life scared. There has to be a balance. So I've tried to find that balance. And look, I I come to work. I go to church. I've gone back to the gym. Yes, I have gone back to the gym, taking every precaution necessary. I keep the hand sanitizer close by all the time. I do wear my mask in public in the gym. Uh, I don't have any problem wearing the mask whatsoever. Does it work? I don't know if it works or not. I I would think it, it does some good. All I know is that if it makes people around me feel more comfortable, I'm going to do the courteous thing and wear the mask. So thankfully, I've remained healthy. Now, if I do get COVID, I don't have any underlying conditions. So I suspect that if I get it, I will recover from it, God willing. So I've tried to live my life, albeit as cautiously as I can. You cannot live life scared. I did that for like a month and a half, and I was turning into a different person. Like I was afraid to walk into CVS or Publix. I wouldn't do it. That didn't work for me. It just didn't work for me. And it, I don't think it works for anyone. And you look at all these politicians. I mean, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein all being spotted in public without masks. And yet these are two politicians who have been at the forefront of the shutdown culture. Come on. Do as I say, not as I do. Let them eat cake. Absurd. But you look at the way that President Trump has approached this pandemic. There's no blueprint here. Okay, what the president did early in banning travel from China and Europe proved to be very good strategic moves. Have there been mixed messages from the president and our officials in in D.C.? Yeah, yeah, there have. Absolutely, there have. But again, no, there's really no blueprint here. One of the many difficult things that the president has had to do as the leader of our nation is to strike that balance that I was just talking about. Balance between showing rightful concern over a debilitating virus to showing Americans that they can go out and live their lives, albeit cautiously. Now, has the president been cavalier in his attitude about the seriousness of this virus? The left will tell you, yes, I don't think he has at all. Has he at times not been woke enough for the radical left and their liking? Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's okay for some on the radical left to congregate in cities to loot and to pillage and to murder and to to scamper out of Nike stores with bags full of sneakers. That's okay. But when President Trump holds rallies in different states outside, he's a villain. Look, the, the bottom line is that President Trump's intent, the intent was right on the money. We have to go about living our lives in this country. We've got to move this nation forward, albeit with the necessary precautions. I agree with him. And most people, most people do agree with him that if we shut this thing down again, God forbid, God forbid, if we shut this thing down again, as Joe Biden said he would, by the way, we may not have a country nor an economy to come back to. That's how bad that first shutdown was. All the vitriol being aimed at President Trump for three and a half, four years, all the sarcastic, irreverent BS that I saw on Twitter this morning, all the vile things that have been written and said about the dude, it's sad. It really is sad that you have a left in this country that has been unhinged 
for nearly four years since losing the election in 2016, literally unhinged to the point where many on that side of the aisle are absolute deranged lunatics. Listen to all Uncle Inez says here. It's not a healthy way to live, folks. It just isn't. And it's almost as if there are certain people who wake up in the morning with the sole purpose of just spewing this hate for this guy. It is. It, it's Trump derangement syndrome. Isn't it the left that coined the slogan, love, not hate? How about following your own motto, people? It's not good for you. It's okay. Go ahead. If you don't like the guy, fine, whatever. But all the hate that is spewed about this guy, I'm telling you, it's not healthy for you. Again, you don't like the dude. Okay, fine. Then vote for Joe Biden on November 3rd. In the meantime, get a life. Get a life. Go read a book. Take walks in the park. Go to church. Lord knows some of you need God in your lives right now. And let me tell you something about life. It ain't fair. Life is not fair. And let me tell you something else. Something that I learned from President Obama when speaking with John McCain back in the day. Elections have consequences. Elections have consequences. Again, not my words, President Obama's words. Your presidential candidate, Hillary Clinton, did not win in 2016. Now, the left got the House back in 2018. And coming up here in a month, you're going to have a chance to take back the White House and the Senate. But in the meantime, all the hate... All the vitriol to have that in your heart. Like, you got to let this go. It's not healthy. I mean, we on the right, we saw the direction that President Obama was taking this nation for eight long years for us. We saw him apologize for America. We saw him ignore us in the working class. We saw him allow race issues to fester. We saw all that. We, we saw Obamacare being stuffed down the nation's throat. We didn't like it. We didn't like it, but most of us on the right, most of us lived our lives. We went to work every day. We did our jobs. We raised our families. We clung to our Bibles and our guns. We got on with our lives. Didn't like what was going on in the White House, but we got on with our lives. There are some folks on the left right now, some folks who just cannot drop the hatred toward their president in their hearts. And I think that says more about you than it says about Donald Trump. Meanwhile, President Trump, First Lady Melania, get well soon. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Inez Says Pod. We'll see you next time.